Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Grace and mercy, as is the theme for today. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is not always easy to share our faith, is it? Because people might reject it, they might question it, they might mock it, they might attack it. And things like this can lead us in two different directions. Uh, One is to then reject that person and look down on that person. And the other is um, to just kind of adopt what everybody else is doing and not proclaim Christ. Things like this can get our blood up, make us despair, get us angry, maybe even have us pass judgment on others. But what I want you to consider this morning is how did you end up in the pew today? And I don't mean what vehicle or what route you took to get here. I'm talking about something that really needs your consideration. How did you get here today? How did you come to know and believe in Jesus as your Savior, as the one who loves you. Your own faculties, your own powers, your own understanding? No, of course not. It was God sending His Holy Spirit to plant, grow, sustain your faith. Your faith is a gift from God. And of course, do you stand righteous before this God by your own works, by your labors? Of course not. This can't be. Especially for us Lutherans, we know that it is by grace through faith alone. And Paul writes that God has consigned all to disobedience. That he might have mercy on all. And that includes you and me. Everybody needs God's mercy. Mercy is an interesting word. It means that someone's stuck. They're in a jam. They're in a fix. They can't get themselves out of it by their own powers. No way. No how. And someone from the outside has to come... And get them unstuck out of the jam. And God has a history of doing this through the scandal of the particular, uh, of specific people that he calls, gathers, and enlightens, right? And so God's chosen people of Israel in the Old Testament lived in the many promises of God, all of which ultimately point to Christ. So if you read the Bible and you don't realize that it's all pointing to Jesus, you kind of miss the whole point of the Bible. But it pointed forward to Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, and all those titles mean the same thing. And Israel had a robust and first-hand knowledge and experiences of God working in human history, right? God's activity, wonderful acts of mercy, of which most of the world, the Gentiles, the nations, were unaware. They were ignorant of them. They just didn't know about them. So therefore, then, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations, proclaiming God's mercy and God's gracious activity so that the Gentiles, too, would come to know the one true God. But again, many times, instead of pointing people to Yahweh, the true God, there was sort of this, what I posed to you at the beginning, look down on people. Or just adopt the practices of those around you. Not proclaim the one true God. Trusting in their gods to give you immediate gratification, belonging, all those things. Because who wants to be rejected and frowned upon and attacked and mocked? 
even at the time of when Jesus came, guys, things had kind of gotten to the point where other gods are worshipped and those gods were our own works. Even the people who belonged to God, many of them had lost sort of the idea of God's mercy. The religious elite, those who claimed to know Yahweh intimately, did not trust in him or his mercy for salvation, did they? The religious elite became enamored with their own works. And if that's not bad enough, these religious leaders denounced others for not doing enough to merit salvation. What was lost is the idea that everyone, Pharisee, layperson, needs God's mercy. So what does God do in the fullness of time? He sends Christ, Jesus, to demonstrate in all that Jesus says and all that Jesus does, the mercy of God for sinners. Martin Luther says, uh, Jesus does not dwell in anyone but sinners because they know that they need his mercy. And so here's Jesus. The one that the scriptures promised, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, he had come. He had come and he would accomplish God's purpose of extending mercy to all, accomplishing salvation for the forgiveness of sins in him. And Jesus begins his ministry. You heard it today in the gospel sent to the lost children of Israel to give this assurance that God's promises had been fulfilled to Hebrew believers. But not all Hebrews believed in what Jesus had done. It's kind of. It's kind of sad. People who grew up expecting and looking forward to a Messiah for Israel did not receive Jesus as that promised Messiah. And so what happens? The Gentiles start to be grafted in at rates that are unprecedented in human history. And so Paul writes his letter to the church in Rome that you heard from this morning. And it's probably around 55 A.D. That's kind of when um, we place it, although we're not exactly sure. That's probably a, a good guess. 55 A.D., right? A little more than 20 years after the earthly ministry of Christ. And something extraordinary had happened. Again, that influx of the Gentiles are receiving the promises of Yahweh in Christ. People who knew nothing or little of God's activity in the Old Testament come to believe in this one true God through Jesus. What a shocking turn of events. The Hebrews were supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. Now the Gentiles in the church in Rome would have the opportunity to proclaim Jesus, the light of the world, to both Jew and Gentile, to Hebrew and Greek, to those still waiting for the promises, and those who are ignorant of the promises. But the church in Rome faced similar challenges to us today. It's hard to share your faith. It's hard to understand what's going on when people reject, they question, they mock, they attack. Especially in large numbers. And so, again, you have the A or B. What do we do? Look down on them, reject them. Not speak at all, just adopt what everybody else is doing. If a person does not know Christ, is it because they've been rejected by God and therefore should be rejected by us? And does this apply to even a whole people like the Hebrews? 
because they're rejecting Christ and mass and the Gentiles are receiving him. Paul said, no. God has sent Jesus for everybody, Jew and Gentile alike. And Paul cites himself as an example. Hebrew, Hebrew, Pharisees of Pharisees, who once railed against the gospel, was one of its largest, biggest, most domineering enemies. Example of someone that God brought from hostile unbelief and an enemy of the church and Christ to one who not only believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of the scriptures, but proclaiming Jesus as the fulfillment of the scriptures, even if it meant rejection, mocking, attacks, that sort of thing. Paul himself came to understand and appreciate that through God's grace and even duplicate, he would even duplicate God's concern and care for the lost, the erring, the wayward, the unbelieving. As Jesus ministered to both Jew and Gentile, Paul, uh, the uh, the, uh, Jew of Jews, Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee of Pharisees, would become uh, the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul came to appreciate the mercy that God has in Christ for Jew and Gentile, for everyone. For God is gracious and merciful, but he's only those things in Christ. And that's why everyone, everyone needs Jesus. I am so delighted that you are a recipient of God's mercy and grace in Christ. Mercy, as we discussed, means you're in a jam. You're in a fix. You were stuck. You couldn't get yourself out of it. Mired in unbelief and rebellion. And God came and pulled you out of this terrible mess. And he began that work in the waters of holy baptism where he gave you his Holy Spirit and faith and connected you to Jesus and then continues to water that in word and sacrament through the means of grace. And this was by grace. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. We must then resist feeling superior or judgmental even, passing judgment on others who think that they don't deserve God's mercy. Mercy by its nature is undeserved. God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Everyone needs God's mercy. Believer, unbeliever, Jew, Gentile, everyone I knew a man named Al Trampy. He was a used car salesman. And that's not an easy job. (laughs) I'm not saying your job is easy, but it's very stressful. It's very competitive. And life as a salesman can lead to inappropriate ways of dealing with stress, right? As I'm sure all ways of life, all... uh, Jobs can, but especially there. And yet Al was able to navigate this whole thing without, with being cordial to others, not being overly competitive, being watching out for their welfare, all these things that that you would expect from someone uh, who knows Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit then reflects that to the world. And... His co-workers would come up to him and say, I I don't know how you do it. 
I don't know how you do it. I want what you have. See? Almost jealous, like Paul talks about today. I want what you have. And he would tell them about God's mercy and love and grace in Christ. Now, some received it. Some didn't. But Al didn't resort to those things that I told you about earlier, you know, looking down on that person and wishing ill to them or just adopting other gods and just kind of fitting in and blending in. Here's the thing. The world needs what you have. The world needs what you have. And on some level, they want what you have. Unbelievers don't need your scorn or your apathy. They don't need you to follow them in their following of false gods. They need to know about Jesus. They need God's love. They need hope. They need truth. And they have those things fully and freely in the one who suffered, died, and rose for all so that all might receive mercy. The gospel given to you freely, mercifully, compels us to love and to proclaim to all so that all may know and receive God's mercy in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord, our merciful Lord. Amen.